Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to another Save Your Sanity. I'm just delighted that you're here because I hope you've heard me before and you found value. You may be looking for some answers today. And if you're the first time you've been here, you are just so welcome. And I'm so glad that you found us. This is help for toxic relationships. That's how you're going to save your sanity is to realize and to recognize what the signs and symptoms are when you are in a toxic relationship, and then to be able to get the clarity that will allow you to recover from them. So it's a bit of a journey, but it's definitely worthwhile taking. So if you want to be part of the conversation, you can get a preview of each podcast episode that is a solo cast on the weekends by going over to my Facebook page, and joining in there, and you find me at facebook.com slash relationship help doctor. And the good thing about joining into the live stream podcast is that at the end of the session, I answer your questions. So feel free to come on over to facebook.com slash relationship help doctor, like the page, then you will get the exact time that the live is going to go. If you're listening to this later, then you'll know that if you want to get in on the action right when it's being recorded, just the weekend ones, not the midweek interviews, you can go to facebook.com slash relationship help doctor. So that's there for you. And today we're going to talk about something that is so crazy making. It's when you start second guessing yourself because people are passive aggressive. Now, I've done lots of pieces on passive aggression, but I really wanted to cover it again to give you some real examples, things people say when they're being passive aggressive and hook them to what it is about that that's passive aggressive. Because sometimes in the moment you think, oh, I don't like that very much, but you don't know why. And in that moment of wondering, you kind of lose the track and you don't think anything about, hey, this is a pattern. This is what actually happened. This is why it was crazy making. So I wanted to help you with that. So I'm going to give you 30 underhanded, undermining, passive-aggressive tactics that narcissistic hijackers use to confuse you. That's what they do. They use these things to confuse you. And even if they're not purposefully wanting to confuse you, what they want to do is to do what they want to do and not what you want them to do. And that's where passive aggression comes in. So I'm going to give you a few things about passive aggression so that you can understand it. It is a behavior that or a personality 
characterized by indirect resistance. Indirect resistance to the demands or requests or suggestions of others. Now, you know, doesn't your back just straighten when you hear indirect resistance? Because that's what it is. They don't really say no to you. They say whatever they need to say to make you go away or make you think that they're going to do what you want to do or to get you off their back. So they're indirectly resisting. They don't just simply honestly say, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I don't want to do that. No, I don't like that. They are just going to indirectly be resistant. And you can ask as nicely as possible. You can stand on your head and spit nickels for a decade and say it in the best possible way with the greatest of intentions. And they're still going to be indirectly resistant. And then it gets more so because they are going to avoid direct confrontation. Passive aggressive people avoid direct confrontation. They don't like conflict in the moment. They know they're setting up something that is a conflict, but they don't like the conflict in the moment. Now, just a little aside, because we're, I'm always talking about toxic people, those hijackals that I call them. Now, know this, that some people are passive aggressive, but they're not a hijackal. But all hijackals are passive aggressive. So I want to make that very, very clear to you. So this is behavior that is characterized by indirect resistance and then by an avoidance of direct confrontation. They don't want to do that. So they'll say yes in the moment when they know very well they're not going to do it ever, ever, ever. And then they do this other thing. They will continue to be annoying by being procrastinating, by pouting, by misplacing important materials, say they can't find things. Oh, they couldn't find their keys. Oh, they forgot. Oh, they didn't know it was that important. That's passive aggression. And that may be happening. And that may be what's crazy making to you. And that's why I wanted to talk about it tonight, to give you very, very clear things. And when I'm talking about hijackals, I'm talking about narcissistic tendencies. And you know what they are. I think everybody's quite familiar with them, but I'm not going to go into a deep understanding of narcissistic tendencies, but just a few things. I mean, narcissists honestly believe they're superior to everyone, and they behave as though they're superior to everyone. They have little regard for anybody else's feelings. It's all about me.com, um, what they want, why they should have what they want, why you shouldn't have what you want, because they're more important. You know that one, right? And they have an inflated sense of their own importance. It's not reasonable. There's no supporting evidence that they are so wonderful. But in their own mind, they are. So they have an inflated sense of their own importance. And lastly, for tonight's purposes, although I'll do another show just on these tendencies, they also have a deep need for admiration. They don't do anything to earn it often. But they have a deep need for this admiration. So... That maybe set you up to recognize what I say when I say I want to talk about these 30 nasty, undermining, underhanded tactics that narcissistic hijackals use to confuse.
And as I said earlier, I want to give you clear things. They say this, here is what it is that's bothering you so that you can clearly begin to see the patterns. You can understand it's passive aggression. It doesn't have anything to do with you. You need to change your behavior in what you will put up with or tolerate or how you will communicate what you want, but you won't change their, their passive aggressive behaviors. But you can do things that will stop the crazy making. And I did write a book about that. I wrote a book called Stop That's Crazy Making, How to Quit Playing the Passive Aggressive Game. And if, if you want to find that and all my other books, they're on Amazon. Just put my name in, but you can find that one. Stop, that's crazy making. How to quit playing the passive aggressive game. So we're going to go and talk about these 30 nasty tactics used to confuse. And then just top it off at the end with a little revisit of that overall nasty and horrible and eternal all or nothing thinking. So let's talk about these things. Let's talk about these 30 nasty things. So how about this one? If you weren't so foolish, I wouldn't have to comment on it, would I? Ever heard something like that? That's when a hijackle justifies his or her criticism of you. That's a passive-aggressive trait. They, are, they can't show any evidence, but they justify their criticism. If you weren't so foolish, I wouldn't have to comment it now, would I? And in the moment you think, oh, well, that's right. But no, it's not right. It isn't right. It's created to make you second guess yourself so that you don't quite know how to respond in the moment and you can learn how to do that. So, they will justify their criticism of you. You know that. Okay, number two. You want this done? Not by me, so I'll do it when I feel like it. And that may be never. Sound familiar? Well, they will take forever to do a task. They will put it off. They will say they're going to do it. They will say they need things to do it. They will get you to get the things they need to do it. They will do everything but do it. And then they will say, you want this done? Well, I don't. So I'll do it when I feel like it or if I get around to it. That's indirect. That's not saying, no, I won't do it. It's simply saying, you shouldn't be asking me. And because you shouldn't be asking me, I will do it in my own sweet time. And usually when a hijackal particularly, but a person who is just passive aggressive alone, is really communicating to you that they're not going to do it at all. And it's really wise when you recognize this, that you start saying, I'm not even going to ask. Or I'm going to ask, and if I get a response that sounds passive-aggressive, I am going to operate from the place that says, no, I am not expecting that to get done. I am not expecting that to get done. Okay, number three. Okay, if I have to, let me break it down into steps so you can finally get it. Now, why is that passive-aggressive? It's when they insist 
on talking to you as though you're a child. That they simply go to the place of wanting to be superior and talking to you as though you don't have a brain in your head or that you're three. And that's a passive-aggressive way of doing things. They don't want to talk about what the real issue is, so they talk to you as though you can't comprehend. Had that happen? I bet you have, because every hijackle does it. It's a very passive-aggressive trait. Here's another. Who cares what you think anyway? You just don't matter. Now, what's passive-aggressive about that? Well, passive-aggressive people make light of your thoughts and your feelings, your needs, your wants. They just make it so it seems as though they matter and you don't. And that's very passive-aggressive. And there's a combination of passive-aggressive narcissistic. That's what we're putting together here tonight in this episode. Passive-aggressive and narcissistic so that we understand how those two things get melded together and what they sound like. I hope it's helpful for you to hear what they actually would say so that you can identify these things. So that one was, who cares what you think anyway? You just don't matter. And that's when they're making light of your feelings. They don't want to deal with you. They don't want to have a conversation. So they dismiss you. And that's a really horrible feeling. And then they do it in a pattern and they repeat that pattern. And then it becomes something that makes you feel less and less worthy or can make you feel less and less worthy unless you get up on your back legs and say, hey, no, that's not going to wash with me. No, 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 no. You'd better care about what I think you had better be in this to win this with me, or I'm going to take, and I'm not saying you're saying this out loud to the other person, but you have to be saying that in your head. Okay, big red flag here. Big red flag. This person says that I don't matter, that what I think or need or feel or want doesn't matter. Well, do I want to be in a relationship with someone who thinks I don't matter? I hope not. Okay, how about this one? Oh, I was just kidding. Can't you take a joke? You're a little edgy and thin-skinned, aren't you? You know, you might have heard any of those three, or you may have heard them all at once. Because what they do is they say something nasty about you. And when you say, ouch, that hurt, or you complain that that was nasty, then they dismiss it and make it your fault. Instead of taking ownership for their behavior, they passive-aggressively pass it on to you. Like, they said something nasty, but they don't want to own that behavior. So all of a sudden, they're telling you that you have a thin skin, or you're edgy, or you can't recognize a joke when it's told, or you can't take any kidding because you've got a problem. You'll hear that kind of thing from a hijackal often. So that might ring a big bell for you. Here's another, number six. It's clear to see why John never loses any weight, right? Now, making remarks, negative remarks at the expense of another person in front of others is a passive-aggressive way. And it's because when someone hears you 
here's the remark made about them in public. The passive aggressive person is counting on the fact that they will not speak up, that you will not speak up, that you won't say anything. You may be embarrassed, you may be fuming, you may be sad, but they're counting on the fact that you will not speak up. And so it's very passive-aggressive for them to slip a snide comment, a nasty comment like that one. It's clear to see why John won't lose any weight, right? And, and, and they hope everybody's going to laugh, and they hope that John will too. And that's extremely passive-aggressive. It is not saying what is true and what they really mean. It is deflecting. And that's what passive aggression is. Passive because they don't say what's so in the moment, but aggressive because it's like a scorpion tail at the end. And that's what makes it passive aggressive. And that's what makes it nasty. How about this one? You know, Kim, you're always seeing the dark side of everything. Well, that's another one they like to do in front of other people. They like to make generalizations about you. They like to say you're always like this. You know, at the end, we're going to talk about that big eternal all or nothing thinking. Well, here's an example of it. You always see the dark side of everything. Written into that passive aggressive statement is you're no fun. You're a downer. And they want everybody to agree with them. But haven't you ever been in the situation where a passive aggressive says something like that and everybody doesn't agree with them and the room falls silent and gets very uneasy and uncomfortable? That's because that passive aggressive nature, that passive aggressive way of being, that underhanded, undermining way of being causes people to not know how to address it in the moment. They don't know what to say. They don't know whether they should say anything. They don't know if they're safe saying anything. You know that because you don't know if you're safe saying anything at home. So when you're out in company, again, that's going to happen. I hope these are helpful. I hope they're making some clarity for you because these things are passive aggressive and they go with narcissism. So this is a double-edged thing tonight. So number nine that demonstrating disregard for you through the silent treatment. You know that one? It gives you this feeling, you're not worth speaking to. I hope you're suffering when I'm not speaking to you. And any time now you'll do what I want you to do or admit your failings in the hopes that I'll speak to you again. Those words are not said, but that's what's going on in the silent treatment. The hijackal, the passive-aggressive person, is thinking that, okay, I'm not going to waste breath on you. I'm going to withhold my presence from you, my precious presence. I am not going to bestow it upon you. And eventually you'll come around and do what I want you to do. And even further than that, you may apologize for something you never did in order to keep the peace and get me to talk to you again. And that is extremely passive aggressive. The silent treatment is nasty, nasty, nasty stuff. And I've talked about it many times. So listen to other episodes. But 
that's the purpose of it. It's underhanded, undermining, and it is passive aggressive. Now, here's another one that's hardly worth anything and definitely not getting upset about. You know, when they say that, when they purposefully break something of yours, throw away something of yours, or forget that you had a plan. And they want to diminish you because they're not going to take any responsibility for it. So they want to diminish you. And that is passive aggressive. So they just dismiss it. Oh, that's hardly worth anything. Don't get upset about that. That's silly of you to care about something like that, no matter how precious it is. You know, I remember one client who told me that she only had one thing that really mattered to her, and it was a ring her grandmother had left her. And the hijacker went in, got the ring, and pawned it. And when she found it, she couldn't find it. He told her what he'd done. And that he said almost those exact words. That's hardly worth anything, definitely not worth getting upset about. And what's wrong with you? No mention of having stolen something that was important to her and, and pawning it. But that's the way the passive-aggressive hijackle rolls. Okay, number 10. Now there's 30 of these, so lots to go. How about this one? That old thing? Why are you getting upset about that? That's just childish. Passive-aggressive narcissists dismiss your feelings. They don't care. In fact, it would be very convenient to them if you didn't have any feelings, if you didn't express any feelings, if you didn't say anything at all. That would be really happy-making for them. And then they could make you wrong for not speaking to them or not saying the right things because you can't win, right? You simply can't win. So knowing that, they will do something like that, you know? You have feeling about that? Why? Why are you bothering with that? It's inconvenient. It's stupid. It's childish. So they dismiss your feelings. And then they have that behavior that I mentioned in the definition, that pouting behavior. You know, particularly covert hijackals. They're the ones who play the victim all the time. They're the ones who can cry on demand. Some of them can even produce tears. Yeah true. <laughs> but they'll pout, well, you don't care about me, and I don't mean anything to you, and I never did. And you you just always put me down. It's absolutely terrible. No, none of that's true. None of that's true. But it's a ploy. It's a passive-aggressive ploy to not deal with themselves, but to make you responsible for them and their feelings. If you get hooked into that, you can be hooked into that for a long time because you keep thinking, well, maybe if I love them more, maybe if I pay more attention, maybe if I'm more engaged with them, maybe if I shore them up and let them know their love no matter what they do, maybe if I just keep in mind that that person had a difficult childhood, you know, you didn't break it. You can't fix it. Understand that. Somebody who was broken in childhood is not going to be changed by your arrival in their life. Because if they wanted to be changed, they would have got some help to change. Now, I'm not saying they can't change. Narcissists can't and won't. But 
passive-aggressive people who are not narcissistic or sociopathic or psychopathic or borderline, they can change. But it's like that old joke, you know, how many psychotherapists does it take to change a light bulb? Only one, but the light bulb has to really want to change, right? So that's the case. You can change so much about yourself and feel so much better and be so much more powerful and so much more fulfilled and clear and confident. All of that can change if you want it to and if you're willing to do what it takes. But when you're with a passive aggressive person, they're going to pout and make all their problems your fault. And then if that doesn't work, they're going to play on your guilt. Oh, you're so mean to me. You never liked me. You never let me do anything. I don't have any friends and it's all your fault. And that's the way that runs. Does that sound familiar at all? If it does, notice this is passive-aggressive hijackal behavior. And it's not okay. Remember in my my epic episode number 115, the three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship? You're not going to have equality, reciprocity, and mutuality if you've got this stuff I'm talking about tonight going on. It's not there. And you have to see if you can find it. Often when clients come to work with me, they want to see if they can create those three things, equality, reciprocity, and mutuality, so they can make a decision about their relationship. And that's worth doing. Because if you can't find those three things now, you better do the work to see if it's possible to create them. And if it isn't, then you're probably in the wrong relationship. And if you're in the wrong relationship and you have children, you're probably giving them the wrong model of relationship. And you're giving them the wrong sense of how to grow up and be. So it's very important to get some help. And if that's something that you want, remember, you can always go to beaclient.com and make an appointment with me. Beaclient.com. Okay, so let's go on. Number 12. I didn't ask you because I knew you wouldn't want to go. How many times have I had clients say that one? Well. That's the backhanded, passive-aggressive way of purposefully leaving you out of something. They do your thinking for you, and then they want you to thank them for leaving you out. So you may have heard that. I didn't ask you because I knew you wouldn't want to go. Watch for that one. Big red flag. Instead of feeling like, oh, well, thank you. You know, you got me out of that one. How do you know I didn't want to go? What if I had a change of mind or a change of heart? Or what if I really did want to go and you spoke for me? And how dare you anyway speak for me? We're in this together. That's equality. You ask me. You don't speak on my behalf, right? Sometimes you have to get up on your back legs and say things like that. All right, how about this one? When you behave that way, it causes me to think of leaving the relationship. And if I left, it would be all your fault. Okay, so they're not taking any responsibility for their own behavior, for their part in anything. They're just passive aggressively saying that you had better feel insecure because I could be out the door any minute. 
oh, so nasty, so nasty, so undermining, because it leaves you walking on eggshells all the time. When you behave that way, it causes me to think of leaving the relationship, and if I left, it would be all your fault. Oh, nasty stuff. Or how about, you wonder why I don't come home for days? It's because of you. Who'd want to come home to put up with you? I've had clients whose partners have disappeared for days. And that's what they come back with. They punish you by disappearing. And then they say, it's your fault. They disappeared. You pushed them away. Home was so awful. No, it was their inability and unwillingness to have a conversation, unwilling to talk about feelings, unwilling to create equality. And so everything becomes your fault. Here's one that really stands out because a hijackal and or a passive-aggressive person, remember I said it earlier, passive-aggressive people, people with passive-aggressive tendencies, can just have passive-aggressive tendencies. But all hijackals also have passive-aggressive tendencies. You don't have to be a hijackal to have passive-aggressive tendencies. But if you are a hijackal, you're going to have passive-aggressive tendencies. So they get you to agree to something, or they agree to do something, rather, and then they don't do it. And then they say this to you, don't you think I have better things to do than run your errands? How backhanded is that? They actually agreed to do it because, as I said earlier, they don't want to say no in the moment. So they agreed to do it. You know, I tell a story about something that happened to me long, long ago in one of these relationships. Thank heaven it's long, long ago. Keep it that way. But I was speaking, and I was traveling a lot speaking, and uh, in the book, Stop, That's Crazy Making, I tell the story. And I, I said to my then partner, I said, you know, I'm going to be coming in on Saturday night late and I'm leaving Monday morning early. So can you pick up my dry cleaning on Saturday for me? Because I need to take it on the plane on Monday morning. And he said, yeah, sure. And I said, well, you know where the dry cleaner is and, and uh, they close at five o'clock. Are you sure you can manage it? Yes, I told you I could, I could. So you already know what happened. I came in late Saturday night. I looked for my dry cleaning Sunday morning. It isn't there. I went to him and said, could you tell me where my dry cleaning is? He said, don't you think I have better things to do than run your errands for you? Now he agreed. We had the conversation. <laughs> but still the passive aggressive nature of him won out wasn't long after that that I deep sixed that relationship but that's what happened so here's another with what I have to put up with no one could blame me for being annoyed so they're going to have a bad mood and they're going to blame it on you <laughs> no responsibility you can see the underlying theme here is they're not going to take any responsibility or be accountable for anything. But passive-aggressive people will say something in the moment to get you off their back to seem to be pleasant. And then later on, they will not do it 
or they will make you wrong for even asking or worse. So they can even blame their bad mood on you. Or I love this quote by that famous philosopher, Anonymous. <laughs> I found it and it says, it's your fault that I forgot because you didn't remind me. How about that for a passive aggressive statement? It's your fault that I forgot because you didn't remind me. Ultimate passive aggression. So that's blaming you for their lack of responsibility. Have you ever heard that? I've heard something close to that. I'm sure I have. So they also like to blame people who make rules because they don't want to abide by those rules. So rules are stupid. Their rules are important, but other people's rules are stupid or dumb or idiotic or violating my rights. So they'll say things like, it's just stupid. I can't park in the handicapped area when it's the only place left in the whole lot to park. You know, you may see there's even a, a YouTube video of somebody being approached because she parked in the handicap parking. She wasn't handicapped. And she said exactly that. Well, this is the last place to park, and you don't have the right to talk to me about that. <laughs> very passive-aggressive, but also very hijackalish. Like, you must play by my rules, but nobody makes rules for me. And that can be extremely annoying because they, you can't count on them to do anything except go counter to the rules that maybe all society is running on, or even the rules that they made for the home, or the rules they make for the children, and then they do the opposite. Okay, so another one. They'll manipulate the facts to suit themselves. Big one, right? You know what was said. You could even have it on tape. You could have a videotape of them saying it, and they will deny that they said it. But then they'll manipulate facts that they hear to suit themselves. So here's one that's been familiar lately. Scientists may say that's true for most people, but it's not true for me, and you can't tell me otherwise. So the whole of science is wrong because they said so. So they manipulate the facts to suit themselves so that they can do what they want to do, regardless of the facts. Sound familiar? I know I ask you if it sounds familiar all the time, but that's why I'm doing this particular podcast, because I want you to know what it sounds like, what passive-aggressive hijackal behavior actually sounds like, what words come out of their mouths so that you can recognize them. And then they manipulate your words to suit themselves. So they might say, you're so confused, you don't even remember what you said, but I do. You're so confused, you don't remember what you said, but I remember. And you know very well what you said. And it's not what they said you said. But they want to be the ultimate authority on you and what you said. So they go for it. <laughs> it's in crazy, crazy making. And I've done shows on gaslighting, so I'm not going to talk about it very much. But they will gaslight you by making general statements like, you don't even know how misguided you are, you poor thing. Right? They will make statements like that that cause you to second guess your very being. 
It's just nasty. Then they like to change the subject and misdirect the conversation. So they'll say something like this. You may want to talk about that, but what's much more important to talk about is how you're always on my case. So I don't want to talk about what you want to talk about. I want to talk about what's wrong with you. So I am going to redirect the conversation in that direction. That's a lot. How about this? When you're finished cleaning the garage, we may go to the lake. Sounds hopeful. Except what it really means is making you go through a lot of unnecessary steps to potentially get what you want. And then when you get the whole garage cleaned, that may be the whole family cleaning the garage, and we may go to the lake pops up as, I never said we would go, I said we may. It's just nasty and underhanded. And you know, one of the things that go with the silent treatment, if they're not giving you the silent treatment, then they withhold information. So they'll say things like, you have no need to know about the bank accounts because you're incapable of managing money. Don't ask me. You have no need to know. Well, you do have a need to know if you happen to be married to this person or in a long-term relationship with this person. But they want to withhold money. They want to withhold rather information so that they can have the power. And it's important to see that. Now we only got a few left here. We're closing in. So here's another. Yes, I know you want to finish your nursing program, but it's not nearly as important as my job. And what they do is they create a passive competition by standing in the way of your success. They make themselves more important. And so it almost seems like what I was talking about in last week's episode on, on the four kinds of lies. It's the plausible lie that their work is more important than your taking interest in or your work or a course you want to take or whatever. And so they use that against you in conversation. Or if you do achieve something, they'll say something like, don't think you're so good. Other people have done so much better in less time. They will snatch your achievement from you. They will snatch your accomplishment, just like they ruin every holiday and celebration because they have to be the center of attention. They will completely take the air out of your balloon if you achieve something because they cannot stand the competition. Even though there isn't a competition, to them it's a competition. You did something and they didn't do it. So they've got to take the air out of it for you. That's awful. It's horrible. And so they put you down for achieving something. And, you know, there's a meme or many of them that say things like this on Facebook that say, you know, no one falls in love better than a narcissist who has no place to live and no job. And so this one will really strike you. We're in up to number 97 or 27. And so, so that person would say, I may not have a job, but your job's nothing to write home about. You hardly can keep us in groceries. Now, this person sitting on the, on the sofa consuming things, but they blame you for not bringing enough money in. So they don't do anything themselves. And they put you down for getting things done, but the things you're getting done are not good enough. 
And that happens over and over. And so you keep trying to rise up and do a little better and do a little better. No, notice what's happening. Notice how they're putting you down. Notice what they're doing. It's hijackal stuff. It's passive aggressive stuff. This one's particularly hijackal stuff. And then they don't like to finish anything. They never quite finish anything. You know, I did it, didn't I? Maybe it's not good enough for your standards, but that's your problem. Like, no, that's just passive aggression. You can't say now I didn't do it. I didn't complete it. I didn't do it well. Well, that's your problem. That's nasty. That's undermining. Now, here's a big one. They are late on purpose. They'll give you the plausible lie. They'll tell you the big story. They won't take responsibility for why, but they will be late on purpose. And that is very passive aggressive. And then they'll say something like, I can't be expected to get excited about going there. It's you who wanted to do that. Or sometimes I hear this one reported to me, I don't want to see a therapist, so why do I care if I'm late? All this stuff going on. And here's number 30. If you really wanted this to work, you would have apologized for all the things you've done wrong since I've known you. Wow. So they constantly bring up past unresolved issues in order to sabotage the, the relationship in the moment and make you second guess yourself, make you back off, make you crazy. And the last one, number 31, is a bonus because it's always about this all or nothing thinking. When you are with someone who's passive-aggressive, but particularly someone who's a hijackal, it's going to be about all-or-nothing thinking, meaning I love you completely, and the next moment you do something I don't like, I hate you and you're the scum of the earth. There is nowhere between all-or-nothing. And that is a really big topic. I've talked about it many times. But these are things that are so important for you to recognize. So very, very important for you to recognize because they will happen over and over and over. And you need to be on top of it, really, because you need help to do that. Now, I've done lots and lots of episodes of Save Your Sanity. So go to SaveYourSanityPodcast.com and subscribe there. Or wherever you like to get your podcast, go find it. And if you need help from me, you'd like some clarity, I do offer a new client full one-hour session. And you can do that at BeAClient.com. I know I've given you lots and lots of things to think about. And I hope that each one has rung a bell and you have realized, wow, that is a lot of passive aggression. That is a lot of hijackal behavior that is happening in my relationship. And it is so not all right with me. Now, if you're listening to the podcast live stream, I'm going to go on and answer questions, which I will delete, of course, from this podcast episode when it airs on Save Your Sanity podcast. However, if you are on the live stream, know that I'm going to answer questions in a few minutes and be ready with yours. So in the meantime, until we speak again on the podcast, 
Be very good to yourself because you're precious and you matter. Talk soon. So let's see what's in the room here. Emily. Emily says they're so passive aggressive, always saying, I have no friends and you need to be nicer to me. <laughs> Why? Because I'm supposed to be your friend, right? <laughs> you need me because you have no other friends. Um, that is just nasty. And even if it's true, it's probably because they have burned so many bridges for you that you have stayed home hoping that you are going to be able to make them happy. And you can't make these people happy. So please understand that, Emily, that's a great question because they say those things. I know they do. You need to be nicer to me because you need me. Nobody else likes you. Nobody else wants you. You know, you don't have any friends like you said, Emily, but it's not true. You can go out and get friends anytime you want, but it may need may mean that you have to ditch the hijackal or the passive aggressive person, or you may need to just stand up for yourself and say, I am going out. I have friends. I need to do things. We need equity. Back to episode 115. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you. I love your voice, by the way. You speak conspicuously obvious. <laughs> I wonder if that was um, autocorrected spelling there. And someone else said, Becca said, thank you. You're awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad that you think so. And uh, if there are any questions in the room, I'm happy to answer them um, because I know something may be on your mind. Maybe just put a yes in the comment box if you heard a few things that are said to you all too frequently that you have heard, that you recognized in tonight's podcast, that they actually happen in your home, in your relationship. Maybe it's a parent who speaks to you like that. I had two hijackal parents. I understand completely. And if you had a parent who speaks to you like that, it's highly likely you're going to attract someone else who speaks to you like that. So it's a big journey to get rid of that whole thing and figure it out, sort it out. So I don't see any more questions coming in or comments. And so I'm going to end there. But thank you for joining me. And know that if you go to facebook.com slash relationship help doctor, then you will be able to see the notification every time that there is going to be a, um, a live stream podcast. And uh, then you can find me. So just like that page, and then you will know everything that's upcoming, and you'll know when other things happen. So take good care, and thanks so much for being part of this with me. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.